The Bible Study Podcast, episode 429. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew with chapter 11. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We start with chapter 11 with a section about Jesus and John the Baptist. And just before we get into this, remember that Jesus and John the Baptist are not strangers. They are, in fact, cousins through their mother's sides. And Jesus starts his earthly ministry by being baptized by John the Baptist. So they've certainly met then. They probably met times before then. And John's role really is to prepare the way for Jesus. But John has been imprisoned. He's been imprisoned by one of the Herods, who basically was sleeping with his brother's wife, and John called him out on that. And John sends word to Jesus in this section. It goes like this. After Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach in the towns of Galilee. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. You may remember this is the second time here in the Gospel of Matthew that John has sent his disciples. John still has disciples, although some of them, like John, not John the Baptist, but John, the one of the sons of thunder, James and John. And Andrew, the brother of Peter, used to be disciples of John, but other people have stayed with John and didn't go on to follow Jesus instead. And the first time he sent his disciples, they came with the question of, on fasting, why is it that your disciples don't? We do, the Pharisees do. What's the story? What's your position on fasting? This time, this is coming more from John, it sounds like. The other one sounds like it came more as a request from the disciples of John. But this is John saying to Jesus, Jesus, his cousin, Jesus, who he has known. I know that I said, here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, as we read in the other Gospels. I know that I was there when you were baptized, and I saw the heavens open up. But are you the one? And it seems like a strange question, but we have to remember two things. One is where John is. John is sitting in prison. John's had a lot of time to think, and John could have doubts, certainly. But also, the other thing is that we don't know what John's expectations of Jesus were. Although I certainly suspect, because of this question, that he didn't expect the Jesus he got. Now, we know that some of the disciples, some of the apostles, some of those closest to Jesus at places say things like, is this the time you're going to set up your kingdom? Is this the time you're going to kick out the Romans, basically? Is this the time you're going to take over? Is this the time you're going to be that conquering Messiah that we see a picture of in the Old Testament? Maybe John is in that camp. John, who's a rough-and-tumble sort of guy, living out there in the desert, not afraid to mince his words at all, which is what got him there in prison, which will cost him his life. But John has an honest question, and he goes to Jesus, and he does what you do with an honest question, is you bring it, in this case, if it's a doubt, he brings it to Jesus. He says, I have a question about what you're doing. It's not what I expected are you the one or should we look for another one? 
It's a legitimate question. You're doing things differently than I thought you would. Did I get it wrong? And Jesus doesn't say, yes, you got it wrong. He doesn't say, no, you didn't get it wrong. He says, go tell John. Go tell John what you see and hear. If that verse sounds familiar, it's been turned into a Negro spiritual. He says, go, go back and report to John what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, lepers cleansed, deaf hearing, dead raised, good news proclaimed. Now, Jesus is saying things that were also predicted by the Old Testament prophets, but they're not the same things, perhaps, that John expected. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the one that was proclaimed by the prophets, but he's not coming as conquering king yet. That's still to come. He's coming as suffering servant the first time. He's coming as the one who will die in our place. He's coming as the one who is bringing good news. So he sends them off to John. And that's the last we hear of the interaction between the two of them. It doesn't say John went, oh, okay, never mind, I get it. It doesn't say John told his disciples, gee, that's not much of an answer, is it? It doesn't say how John reacted. I choose to believe from the next words that Jesus is going to say that John figured it out, that John understood. Because Jesus goes on to say this, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes. I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet... Whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence, and violent people have been raiding it. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is the Elijah who was to come. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So, Jesus says in this first part of what he's going to say about John the Baptist, he says, John is at one time both the greatest one so far, the greatest one born of women. Well, that's a rather large percentage, we'd have to say, at least at that time. I'm not sure whether it counts test two babies in our day, but I think it still does. But at the same time, he's also not as great as the least in the kingdom of heaven. How can that be? I mean, John certainly had an effect when he came. In fact, when Jesus is challenged about his own authority, he goes back to the Pharisees with, well, whose authority did John have? And he does that because he understands that they were challenged by John also, but he also understands that the people love John for just being different. It's not that John was particularly cuddly, but John spoke the truth. That's what gets him in prison. That's what gets him killed. 
but the least in the kingdom of heaven. And I think the reason for that, if I can get all theological on you, is that on the other side of Calvary, on the other side of the cross, on the other side of Good Friday, we're enabled to have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so while it was a special thing in the Old Testament for God to come and anoint a prophet, we are all God's anointed. We are a priesthood of believers. God has, Jesus has rebuilt that bridge to God using his own body. And that's why I think Jesus can say he's the greatest and yet the least, because there's a thing that happens in between, and that's the cross. And Jesus goes on to say, To whom can I compare this generation? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling out to others. We played the pipe for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, He is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her deeds. So Jesus says, you can't be pleased. You people of this generation, especially the religious leaders as we've seen, but you can't be pleased. When you saw John and you saw this rough character out there wearing rough clothes and eating locusts and wild honey, you said, you know, that's just a little too much. He's not enough like us, and therefore he must have a demon. He's, he's just a little too crazy. He's a little too out there. And with Jesus, it's almost the opposite. It's, no, he's a little too familiar. He's a little too much of a party guy. He blends in too much. In fact, he hangs out with the wrong people. John wouldn't hang out with anybody who was out there in the desert. Jesus is hanging out with the wrong people. And he says, you can't be pleased. There's nothing that we can do that will make you happy. But, he says, wisdom is proved right by her deeds. That was the answer he gave to John the Baptist, wasn't it? Are you the one, he said, let me tell you what I've been doing. And I think that should be our answer whenever we're challenged about our faith is, what are we doing? With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. If you happen to have a friend who has an Android phone, you might find it good news that Google Play Store will soon have podcasts, including the Bible Study Podcast. So wherever good podcasts are found, you can subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. And as always, thanks so much for listening. In a world where relationships are easily broken and often discarded, the Rebuilding Us Marriage Podcast is your lighthouse, guiding the way to hope, restoration, and transformation in Christ. I'm your host and marriage coach, Dana Shea. Join me as we discuss the necessary tools for rebuilding marriages from adversity, betrayal, and disconnection. It's time to reignite love as we rebuild marriages from the ground up. 
Listen to the Rebuilding Us Marriage podcast on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.